You're listening to iOS Dev Break, 15 minutes of current events, tips, and advice for iOS developers, including, but not limited to, discussions of Swift, iOS, watchOS, and tvOS. Welcome to iOS Dev Break, episode 44, the post WW 2023 keynote and State of the Union wrap up. And uh, it's a pleasure today because I have with me, uh, it's it's not just me today. I have uh, the developer of Dumarks, Josh Rock. He is, uh, I'm talking to, and he's in Arizona right now. And we just got done with the keynote and the State of the Union watching at the, uh, the Swift Remote Studio uh, watch party, I guess the virtual watch party that we had. And, uh, thanks for joining on that. And also, uh, and for now, Josh, um, yeah. could you, could you, um, introduce yourself for everyone? Sure. Sure. Again, as was stated, I'm Josh Rock out of Arizona and, uh, random projects is where I make a couple different apps do marks primarily right now. And, uh, it may be hot in Arizona, but I think it was even hotter at that keynote today. My goodness. Oh, zing. <laughs> nice one. <laughs> yeah, it was. Wow. The the, uh, the keynote was uh, exciting today. Exciting. It was... I know this is our... What is this now? Our, our third, fourth year of doing this virtually. And mm-hmm. they all feel a little differently. This one has felt sim- simultaneously both the most exciting and the most relaxing keynote of them all. And it's such a weird you know, way of describing that. But that's just how I'm feeling right now. It's been a busy day, mm. but it also feels like I've had worse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's funny because I, I felt the same way. I was very excited going into this. And then, unfortunately, we'll get to, we'll get to the details on that later. But, you know, it, it kind of took the wind out of my sails towards the, you know, at the end of the keynote. But... And then, then once we got into the State of the Union, a couple things really picked up. So I'm really excited to to talk about that. And uh, it was, yeah, it was. I thought it was a really good show, um, a good keynote, um, and amazing things that they that they uh, they had talked about today. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can go through just a little bit some of the the high level things on some of the the the, um, the hardware and and stuff that they they talked about. And of course, we're gonna talk about the big thing. A little bit, I'm uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, we will get to that big thing. Yeah. Um, so, of course, they, they opened with the, the video. Uh, the Dream It, Chase It, Code It. Is that right? Something like that? Yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I know I caught it. I remember previous years they had, uh, when they had the documentary video of developers gathering to California, and you had all these different cameos. I was looking for cameos here, and the only ones that I saw were the uh, the two guys from Halide. Um, or from, yeah. I guess, Lux building Halide, right? Um, I was looking for other cameos. I might have missed them, though, but uh, I saw them. And, in and it. I, I didn't I didn't catch it either, other than the reference to, to Halide. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, of course, the the guy with the bubble and all the bubbles. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it, was a, it was a very bubbly video. It was. But it, uh, you know, it's a, it was a good way to open. Actually, I, I liked this one a little better than the ones that they've done in the past, uh, mm-hmm. I think. Um, so it was a nice way to to get into it. And then of course we had the Tim, Tim Cook welcome, uh, the biggest WWDC ever and uh, exciting new products. 
And uh, so they they led off. I, I thought it was kind of interesting how they just led right into the Mac. Yes. Um, did you find that unusual or interesting? Um, I'm going to say yes to both. Uh, yeah. Previously, when they've introduced Mac hardware, which they've done before, um, but it's always been after talking about Mac OS typically, or at least something else. Like, okay, we'll put hardware in the middle. But like you said, starting with it, it made it feel okay. Do they just want to get it out of the way, or is there something big they want to announce? And then they start talking about the MacBook Air, and I'm thinking, that is not the reason you put this first in the keynote. <laughs> it's like, you put that there for the other stuff coming. Um, right. But putting that 15-inch yeah, MacBook Air... they front-loaded it. Yeah, they Sorry. did. Um, so, I mean, that's it looks like a great computer, and I'll be honest, mm-hmm. when, when they the rumors were floating of a 15-inch MacBook Air, I'm thinking... Why? The Air is this smaller computer. I want it smaller. But when they mentioned in the video that comparing it to other 15-inch portables, and I'm thinking, oh, right, Windows users with 15-inch laptops, this MacBook Air is definitely going to be better with battery life, performance. Okay, okay, I can see why they're talking about it. Right, yeah, that's true. And they made at least one reference to switching, and I don't think it was, I don't know if it was with the, it might have been with this, with the, the Air 15-inch. And that that makes that makes sense, and uh, with the the M2 and the 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 battery life, eighteen hours. I don't know if that's a new thing. I I can never keep up on the the hardware specs as to what you know the the prior versions of the the Air had, and and I guess with the fifteen they have a bigger battery, so that probably helps with right. the battery life. Yeah, and I and that's the big advantage I see with Apple Silicon in general. So I can. Definitely see why, okay, a 15-inch yeah. with an M2, this amazing battery life. Why would you want a Windows laptop that's going to get half that, if if half the battery life? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it seemed like a really good machine. And I, I've actually been kind of toying around with the idea of, of getting a smaller, um, like a MacBook Air. I, I was thinking 13 I don't know mm-hmm. if the 15 makes sense for me, but just just something a little smaller to to carry around instead of the the 16. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but then um, then they talked about the Mac Studio. Um, I I don't have one of these machines. I I work with with at least one person who has a, a Mac Studio, and they Same. they love it. Um, but uh, so we have the M M2 Max and M2 Ultra now with these machines. 192 gigabytes. Um, I thought that was, you know, that you can max it out. That's, that's pretty impressive. That's a lot. I don't know what I would do with all of that. Um, exactly. With maybe, right. With maybe one exception uh, with all of the machine learning. If you want to run a model locally, I suppose that would take up mm-hmm. a lot of memory. Um, but yeah, it, if I if I didn't have a love for portables and wanting to be able to potentially work from a different room, I would so get a Mac Studio. These look like great yeah. machines. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. That coupled with the studio display, I mm-hmm. that would be my preference over like an iMac. I think at this point, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah, and then kind of a I I don't know if it was a surprise because I know people were talking about it and and rumors are flying. Uh, but the uh, the the Mac Pro, unless you did you have more stuff that you wanted to mention about the Mac Studio? It seemed to me like it was just you know they bumped it. It's you know fancier mac yeah. studio now well, but the uh, mac pro that was a, that was a pretty cool surprise it was a cool surprise however i think they spent equally long on the mac pro as they did about an upgraded mac studio 
which kind yeah. of surprised me. Um, and I suppose it makes sense because it's the same design. I mean, it was only 2019 when they created this new cheese grater design and it's supposed to be mm-hmm. modular and everything. So I suppose the only thing that would change would be internally. Oh, it's on Apple Silicon now. That's great. But the more I got thinking about this, I became more confused about the existence of the Mac Pro than the 15-inch MacBook Air. And I'll tell you why. Hmm. Because if you go into Apple's website, you can configure an M2 Ultra Mac Studio with the exact same specs as a Mac Pro. But the Mac Pro is going to be $3,000 more expensive. Presumably just for those, what was it, six PCIe slots. So you have to really need those slots to be willing to pay an extra 3000 And I maybe it's just because as, as a app developer, I don't have a need for them. Yeah. But is there a big enough need to even warrant people buying the Mac Pro? The Mac Studio seems like it's going to eventually, in my opinion, probably replace the Mac Pro. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that uh, that makes a lot of sense. But there there are probably some just very very high end. Um, I'm guessing video or games or something like that, mm-hmm. or maybe the thing that we'll be talking about later. Maybe there's you know some um, uh, advantage to having a fully tricked out machine like that. I don't know, um, but I'm sure some people will, will find some use for it. And yeah, uh, but. But like you said, I think the the Mac Studio, at least I know for my needs, is that's even a lot of machine, right? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, I'm perfectly fine right now with my M1. Uh, I think I have an M1 Max, uh, you know, 16 inch MacBook Pro, and it's 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 great. Um, mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really happy with it. So yeah, and unfortunately, when the the, the Mac Pro thing that announcement, I thought, wow, this is really cool, but Again, it was it just blew right by, and uh, yep. it was kind of like, oh, okay, well that that's nice. On to the next thing, mm-hmm. and uh, and I know it, it, they must have spent much more time on it be, on the iOS because that was the next thing, <laughs> and yep. uh, there was a lot of um, uh, new new features and things. It felt mostly user facing that they talked about, but I'm I'm assuming we'll we'll find out more, you know, as the as time goes on uh, right. over, and, the, over the next week. And and with the f- user-facing features they talked about with iOS, iPadOS, and even macOS, it felt very light in terms of what was presented. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I don't know if this is true or not. We'll find out when we actually run the betas. But this could is this that Snow Leopard year that everybody's been waiting for of, you know, they've been focusing on, you know, things internally, APIs... Or is this another one of those cases where they were so focused on future topic that they didn't have time to add into the, these main platforms? And I guess we'll find out over the summer. Yeah, yeah. I, I suspect it's the latter, but they, they it seemed like they were really kind of scraping to find things to, to talk about because it was pretty pretty light. Yeah. Um, but there was, you know, a few things that that stood out. Um, so they they say they're creating a new phone app, and with and then they went into the contact posters and things. So I I'm not sure what that means. I'm happy that they're creating a new phone app because I I really can't stand the current one, and it has it's so buggy, and especially when it comes to the the voicemail. So 
I am hoping that they are revamping that whole system. With And now they have live voicemail. The transcriptions thing was interesting. And it surprised me. Um, I'm kind of blowing through these. And so if you want to, if there's mm-hmm. any of these that you particularly want to chat about, that, that's that's great. Uh, let me know. But the um, that live voicemail with the transcriptions, um, that you could actually jump into the call. It, did I yes. hear that correctly? Uh, yes. Okay. And that's there are some services now I think we can do something similar. Um, my question with this feature is how is this another one of those thing that that depends on the carrier uh because who's oh, yeah. intercepting the voicemail the, right. it, from my understanding voicemail is done like oh you didn't answer your phone the carrier takes over but in this case mm-hmm. your phone has to be the thing acting as the recipient of the voicemail so does right. that mean that you have one voicemail message if your phone's online but if you you know have it powered off for whatever reason it goes to your generic carrier voicemail i don't know but mm. however it's done whether it's the carrier or not um this is going to be really huge and i think it's going to pair well with silence unknown callers that they introduced into ios a few years ago i have yeah. that on because of who knows how much you know spam that i get but yep. there are occasional times where a legitimate person is trying to call me you know someone's going to deliver something coming to service something on my house whatever and because i don't know their number it goes right to voicemail to be able to see this feature and then I can jump in the call and say, no, wait, wait, wait. Yes, I'm here. That will be really nice. Right. Yeah, that would be awesome. And that I can't, that happens to me so many times too, where I, well, I have to remember that, oh, there's a potential that I might receive a call. So I switch it off. And then, then I have a few of those come through the yes. phone calls that I don't want. And then I switch it off and then I have to be really diligent that, you know, just in case, but like you said, then you get a, a phone call from someone that is totally legitimate. And, um, it, I mean, worst case scenario, they go to vo- voicemail and, and so you, then you can follow up with it there, but mm-hmm. it's, it would be nice to be able to see that transcription, you know, hi, this yeah. is so-and-so. Oh yeah. I want to, I want to interrupt yeah. that. Especially so we'll see how that goes. Especially when it's a support call from Apple and they call you back. <laughs> it's like, wait, no, yeah. I've been waiting for this call. Oh, yeah, exactly. I think that did happen to me. Uh, so, yeah, there's that. And then we have, uh, let's see, FaceTime. I have mentioned here, but I don't have any notes uh, with regard to FaceTime. The, the, uh, the, they announced the um, leaving a message, a video message, if someone doesn't answer. Kind of like a video voicemail. Oh, right. Right. Um, again, I think that's going to be huge um, because I, th- I think there's some cases where you want to video call a, f- a family member, a loved one, and you don't do it because, well, I don't think they're going to be available. I'll just try to call them. And then at least you can leave yeah. a message. Or at least now, if you can leave a video message, sure, I'll try to FaceTime everybody. And they can't answer, I'll just leave them a, a video message. That'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, that, that sounds like a great feature. And, um, yeah, I'm sure, I think when I looked at it, I, I either spaced out for a second and then came back and, and thought it was just about leaving a message. And I was trying to figure out how that was different than like sending a message over messages or something mm-hmm. like that, you know, sending a, you know, just recording a video and sending it. Right. But now in that context, that makes a lot more sense. That's mm-hmm. really cool, actually. So yeah. now the, now the question is between with this and the live transcript for the voicemail, how are the phone and FaceTime apps going to present that? They didn't show that UI, I don't think, right. too much. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess we we shall see. And then uh, there's they mentioned some kind of integration with call kits and APIs and things that that developers could use. Uh, that's great if you're developing an app that that uh, uses calls uh, and that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. um, let's see. And then we had the the messages and. Uh, this was interesting because uh, I, th- I think I like the catch-up feature. Um, and then there was also the search. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I don't have details on that. But catch-up was interesting. That caught my eye because it, it's helpful to be able to, like, I guess it's kind of it reminds me of something like Slack or Discord or those kind of things where you can kind mm-hmm. of, f- it, it, it can figure out for you where you left off last. Right. Know? And I can tell you that'll be very important when my daughter decides to send me 20 gifts and I can know yes. how far back to go to get the most recent one. That'll be very nice. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I can identify with that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, replying in line, I guess the improvement there is that today it's clunky, right? And so mm-hmm. now they're they're making that a little more streamlined. And yeah. um, the I thought the transcribed uh, audio messages, I thought that was great. Because a lot of times you get that audio message. I don't have a lot of people that I talk to who use those, but when I do, and you just see the little audio waveform, it's like, uh, okay, well, what what's that about? So mm-hmm. being able to have that transcribed, even if it's eighty percent accurate, I that'll be great. Did, yeah, get the I, gist of it. I guess this will go uh, along with their other dictation improvements and and really prove. Are we going to get more than 80% accuracy? Because I know when it's tried right. to transcribe my voicemails, it can get questionable at times. But yeah. I, I do have some people that will occasionally send me like a one-minute long audio message. And sometimes I just want to get to the point. So reading yeah. the transcription is going to be really helpful. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, let's see, were there any other things? Um, I mean, there were other things associated with messages. Um, oh, the check-in thing. I thought that was good. Um, because that, this is something that, uh, I know, uh, my wife and I kind of try to do by texting each other if we're going to go for a walk or something and, uh, letting each other know that we're, we're home safe, et cetera, et cetera. So I thought that was, and it would probably be good for parents, you know, and the kids. Mm -hmm. So, um, being able to check in when you're going for a walk and then check in when you got home safely, um, I didn't know if this was if there was any kind of creepy angle, uh, you know, with with regard to any stalkers, that kind of, that kind of thing. But I don't think so. Well, uh, if I don't know if they showed much in, of the UI in the keynote, but it probably is initiated from an iMessage app, so you have to initiate right. the request to do that. That's true. That's true. Um, I know in the past I've tried to do something similar with sharing your. Um, your route when you're navigating but Mm -hmm. what if you're just going somewhere that you don't navigate with the maps app because you know where you're going right you're just going 10 minutes down the road you know this route but you still want to let someone know you made it there safely i think something like this would be useful coming into that and and i agree with kids especially that's a quick way of of being able to let parents know okay i made it there safely you can relax mom it's okay yeah yeah for sure for sure uh okay let's see um there was the airdrop um oh i guess there there were the, some stickers improvements there um being able to create those live stickers i thought that was kind of cool uh being able from uh extracted photos or that kind of thing 
I thought you could do this already, but evidently you can't. Uh, maybe there are third-party solutions for that or something There was like a third-party app that came out that would let you create your own stickers. And I think I saw that two years ago. Last year, Apple added yeah. that segmentation support where you just long press, pull the subject out. Mm-hmm. So it's nice that this is getting built into the system. Um, yeah. And then being able to use stickers anywhere you can use the emoji keyboard will be nice because there's times where I've, I've wanted to use one of those uh, Memoji stickers and I couldn't. So now I can drop those in. I'll be happy to do right. so. Right, right, right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. We got here uh, some improvements to uh, AirDrop. Oh, that's the that's the like the name drop thing where you can transfer mm-hmm. your contacts by by bringing your phone close to someone else. That seemed helpful. I actually recently had a few instances where I would I would have liked that to be able mm-hmm. to do that quickly. And it reminds the- me, it, there were apps like in the the old days that that did this kind of thing. Yeah, the the bump one exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've been a little annoyed up until now with trying to share information because I, I want to just share my contact card, but I have all of my email addresses in my contact card. I've got addresses there, some personal information, relationships. I just want to give someone my phone number. So it's nice that this will be coming. I can just, okay, let's tap phones or get our phones close to each other. I'm going to share just my, my name, number, and probably my profile picture or poster card. Mm-hmm. And not everything else, which would be nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah, uh, this is I, I think really interesting with AirDrop, and then um, I, I think just jumping ahead because it was talked about later too. But uh, the idea of AirDrop continuing when you're not in the AirDrop range, um, I've used AirDrop to to transfer very large things in the past, um, like like 80 gigabytes of data from one Mac to another with AirDrop has, has worked. Oh, wow. I've had uh, my wife try to AirDrop 300 photos. That takes a while. So it's nice that, okay, honey, are you done? Can I get up? This will keep going. Okay, great. That's cool. That's cool. I, I, I've not had that kind of uh, intense usage of, of AirDrop, so I'm glad that, that it's going to work for that, that scenario because now, now I can try it. Were there easier ways uh, to do it? I don't know, but AirDrop was just the most convenient. It's it was there. It was there exactly. Uh, let's see here. Um, I don't really have any notes for SharePlay. I, I think I'm not quite sure what they were demoing there. Um, yeah, I, I I had heard SharePlay come up. I I feel like indirectly a few times with collaboration. Um, mm-hmm. But I also didn't have any specific notes for okay. SharePlay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, and then the then they they spent a little bit of time on autocorrect, intelligent input, with their transformer language model thing, and uh, this seemed. I mean, I it's it's one of these things that we won't know until we try it if it actually improves autocorrect because it definitely needs improvement. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll see uh, once we get the, our hands on the betas and see how that uh, if that improves anything. Um, but it definitely definitely needs it, so it's good to see that they're they're doing something about it. Yeah, and this is one of those areas where some people were thinking, is Apple going to talk about AI in their keynote? Of course, Apple's right. not going to specifically say AI. They may talk about Siri intelligence. They've done that in past keynotes. And I feel this is one of those areas where they were trying to subtly say, we're doing some more uh, machine learning on our device, but we're not going to call it AI. 
but right. we're doing some more stuff on device to try to provide some better responses. And if that's the case, given the power of Apple Silicon and all of these devices and how fast all of this AI stuff has been moving, this could be a regular thing we see every year, or it would be nice to see this between years where just mm-hmm. in the background, your phone just silently updates the models that it's using. And wow, I woke up and dictation works properly. This is great. That would be a nice surprise, wouldn't it? That's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh, yeah, so I guess we'll look forward to that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do like any of these first betas. Uh, I may I may hold off on one or two. I don't know. Um, I also, I don't have a device uh, right now, a test device. I have one on the way, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't have one in in my hands right now that I can actually install the beta on. Um, I mean, I, I could do my carry phone, but I'm not going to do that with the, with beta one. This goes back to my earlier thought of the oddness of this keynote, because there was so much that was announced. And these features that we've talked to, great, I can't wait to have them, but I don't feel the pressure to install a beta to try them. It's it's yeah. so weird that I... And with all of these, with, with iOS, iPadOS, uh, watchOS 10, and macOS, none of those have pushed me to where, oh, I got to get this on my device this week. I can wait. September's only a few months yep. away. I, it'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. I guess there are, there are some instances or some, some things that I was thinking, oh, this would be really cool. Um, because my the, the project that I'm working on um is sort of journal related the fact that they had this the journal app and then the suggestions api i i i'm interested to find out how that all works and as third party developers if that's something that's really worthwhile tapping into or not i'm not sure mm-hmm. um but it seemed like it would it could play fairly nicely into in, into uh, the, the app that I'm working on. So I don't know. Um, the, the journal app itself looked interesting. I thought it was funny that they talk about the journal app and then the picture that they show is a person writing in a paper journal. <laughs> it's like, okay, I, well, I get the idea, but uh, it, it failed just a little bit on that. Are we sure that paper journal was real and wasn't a virtually created object? Uh, it could have been, could have been. Mm. Yeah, so we don't know. But no, it yeah, sounds we, like the suggestions API is going to be what you're wanting to check out. Yeah, yeah, I'm mean, looking forward to to seeing more about that uh, later this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Um, any other things that uh, caught your eye on iOS? Um, a couple things the, the, for me. The memories. Um, yeah, yeah, a couple things that stood out for me with uh, iOS was um, something that was mentioned alongside with the new standby feature, which. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, I. I don't have a, a MagSafe stand. My phone's not sitting horizontal, so I'm never going to use this. But mm-hmm. as a developer, that does mean there's a new widget style to have to be a little yes. aware to. Right. Um, so being aware of of that, uh, and then a couple other things that were mentioned just right at the end before they close out iOS was offline maps. That's been my one downside with using Apple Maps is having offline support in low connectivity areas. We want to go. Mm-hmm you know, family trip somewhere, but there's no coverage there. Not having to worry about that anymore. Oh, okay. Um, sharing That's a cool. Find I my... missed that. Yeah, so that was there at the end. And also in the uh, that um, bento box slide that they have at the end with all the different yep. things, 
one of those items, I believe, was find my item sharing. I've got a few Pebble Bee tag um, tags that I use for tracking some uh, some keys and things, and we, it'll be nice to be able to share those. Yeah, um, yep, it's in the bento box. Find my item sharing. Yeah. So does that mean that um, someone else can use the air tag? I be- I believe so, or at least to be okay. able to see where it's at. Yes. Okay. Cool. That's that's great. So what else does it have? Contact posters. We talked about that. Oh, there's the offline maps. Name drop. Yeah. Uh, swipe to reply. Mm-hmm. Leave a FaceTime message. These are all the things that we talked about. Yeah. Check yep. in. Stand by. Okay. Um, but that it is kind of like what you were saying. Like these are you know nice features, but nothing that I I can't you know live without so right <laughs> not that so, i don't want to uh, play with these as a developer exactly right but that's what the simulator's for yeah yeah <laughs> uh let's see here um or a burner phone you know so that's, <laughs> or a i think phone. that's you know that's that's my burner phone is on the way um hopefully it'll be here later this week uh let's see do we want to talk about ipad os uh oh yeah i think uh, so the one of the things that i thought was interesting was was that that widgets definitely um is got a boost kind of everywhere yes uh like you said with the standby and then ipad os um widgets on the lock screen customizable lock screen those are mm-hmm. kind of cool things yeah. uh for ipad os and it's slightly uh, different than ios right the the widgets mm-hmm. are going to be on the left side and if you noticed, you have not only support for the on-screen widgets that iOS has, but also your generic small size widget can also fit into that side panel. So you've got more information you can see there. Nice, nice. Make it more dense. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, <laughs> uh, live activities. That's exciting. Um, and I I feel like they made a big bigger deal about multiple timers. Um, it seems like that should have been a just a that should have been Something its own they, slide for some people. I, 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 that's true. That's true. Some people made such a big deal about that. Uh, I thought that, that was funny. Um, Health pad, iPad app. Um, for me, I thought that was cool. I noticed that some of my colleagues uh, who were watching the keynote at the same time, um, that, that really lit up for them. Like, oh, this is great. So uh, so for, so evidently, that's a, that's a huge thing for some folks to have that on iPad. For some folks, I, I'm just going to be glad to have the information there um, just because I like being able to keep track of my health and the people that I'm, I'm share, you know, that have shared the health with me. Um, yeah. So it, it will be nice just to have that uniformity. Sure, sure. Like a health health dashboard. Yes. Um. So and then there was this huge thing about PDFs and I. I was a bit mystified. I, th- I thought it was all pretty cool, but I guess this is a, a huge need for people uh, to work with PDFs and collaborate on them, uh, to have them in notes. I, I, I guess maybe that I don't know who they're appealing to. Maybe to businesses or something, or I'm not sure. It's hard to say because in their demonstration of the collaboration, it looked like two students in a library. So right. I'm not sure where they're targeting that collaboration. Is it cool that it's there? Yes. That it's in real time? It's great. Uh, I think for me, the, the, the bigger thing I liked was auto-filling of the fields on a PDF. Yes. 
because yes. there are still times when you need to go through and fill out, you know, name, address, etc. But um, they had mentioned, oh, now you can also do saved signatures. But that feature has been on iOS for many years mm. <laughs> and on the Mac. So I wonder if this is just yeah. uh, moving where that feature used to be. It used to be kind of hidden behind a button. Maybe it's a little more prominent. But I remember I first bought my MacBook Pro, my first iPhone back in 2009, and I think it was then on Snow Leopard I could do a signature on my trackpad on my Mac, and I yeah. still have it accessible on my Mac and on my iPhone. So it's probably just that same feature, just differently uh, with could, different uh, exposure. Yeah, could be, could be. Yeah, it's... Uh... So I, I I think this fills a need. I know like with my daughter, uh, she does sort of a hybrid in-person schooling, but also remote. And she does have to do quite a bit with PDFs, uh, more so in the past than recently. But um, so I think there is something there. Uh, but it's just one of those things like obviously there's a need because they made a big deal about it. But uh, it's just not something that I particularly personally do a lot with. Um, mm -hmm. but filling out PDFs, I guess it's something we do every once in a while. Yeah. Again, so it's one of those features. Again, it's one of those features where it makes for a great feature. I'm glad it's there. I don't need to install the beta to get it. I can wait. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Sounds good. And then we, uh, can move on to Mac OS and this was exciting. Uh, the, uh, the Apple crack marketing team came up with their, their new name. And uh, I, I swear, I thought when they were when they were talking about the uh, the vineyards and the wine country and everything, I thought for sure, uh, oh boy, this is gonna be Mac OS Napa or something like that. And and uh, but lo and behold, they they chose Sonoma, so which is the county in which I live. So it's I was very pleased to see that. Uh, everybody always makes a big deal about Napa, and uh, we we who live in Sonoma always <laughs> kind of. Roll our eyes a little bit about it. It's, uh, but anyway, um, so it was exciting to see that the new next version of macOS is is Sonoma, and uh, they had some some fairly interesting things happening in there. Um, mm -hmm. The aside from the name, uh, the, there was this. Um, are they calling it dashboard, um, or is it because it reminded me of the the dashboard widgets, you know, yeah. from once upon a time, or is it just widget support in macOS? It, it looks like it's just widgets on the desktop, but I, I'm with you. When they started saying, when Craig was going, oh, look where I can put my widgets now. In my head, I instantly was thinking of the old dashboard UI, and I was waiting yeah. for this ripple effect when he put it onto the desktop. Thankfully, it didn't happen, so they didn't revert completely. Right. But a Apparently well, enough people missed it. We have come full circle, yes. <laughs> come full circle on this. Except now it's SwiftUI. Um, so that's cool. Uh, so let's see. Um, and then they, the one thing that they actually opened oh, yeah. with, they, they Sherlocked a third-party app that I use by bringing, it looks like, the Apple TV screensavers to the Mac. I've been a big uh, fan of those, and I've okay. been using um, Arial. Uh, okay. To, yeah. to install those on the Mac and have those as my screensaver. It looks like that's first party now, which I'm happy to see. Those are always fun screensavers. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been using a third party Arial kind of thing as well, and so having it having it be baked in that'd be cool. Did they have others? Uh, did you see, or was it uh, pretty much just that? Uh, I have not seen, but it seems to integrate right along with uh, the the desktop because you saw their demo. They had the screensaver 
and it was moving and then the person logged in and then the screen just kind of settled. So nice. this might be their next iteration of the, the uh, dynamic wallpaper that they introduced a few okay. years ago. Nice. Nice. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the next step in that, yeah. uh, that uh, generation is cool. All right. And uh, let's see. It's, uh, I don't know why I, I was, I, was not able to focus very well on the, all the Mac OS stuff. I'm not quite sure what was going on, but um, they, I did notice that they talked about the reactions, video effects, uh, and this, this thing where you can remove the, you can superimpose yourself over your screen mm-hmm. uh, and put that behind you. I thought that was pretty cool. It reminded me of something like, mm-hmm, or, or those kind of apps. And, uh, and the, what I thought was cool was that it wasn't just limited to FaceTime that you there, this is supported so that you can use it in zoom or presumably teams or I don't know, but, but other apps, you know, other than FaceTime, I thought that yeah. was pretty cool. And this is probably as low level as, uh, with the continuity camera they introduced recently where, oh, yeah. you know, you just, it's part of your camera input. You give two thumbs up and there's suddenly confetti or, or whatever the demonstration right. was that'll be fun to yeah, surprise people the, with the video reactions awesome that should be fun um okay and then uh i, I jumped in my notes right to safari i don't know if there was any other stuff going on there and uh but right to safari and it, web apps and... there was a talk about gaming but uh, i know for myself some of the details of that was over my head though I'm very happy to see a segment here talking about gaming because Apple Silicon is more than capable. Yeah. And as a platform, it's very easily ignored. So um, yeah. having it mentioned here and then some of it mentioned later in the State of the Union, I'm um, hoping that more game developers will get more serious with the Mac as a gaming platform and really all of Apple's devices. Yeah, I, I keep hoping that, and I guess I guess we'll see. It seems like it's progressing a little bit. Um so I don't know. I don't know. The the the, uh, the game development for the Mac has always been a challenge, uh, or at least the the acceptance of it, I guess. Uh, so, but but these these machines that we have today, the Apple Silicon machines, definitely are yeah more than capable of of handling it. So, oh, yeah. you know, when they have when they have uh, metal and uh, those kinds of technologies, it's it's it feels like it's the time is right for them mm-hmm. to take advantage of that. Yeah. Uh, then uh, I think they moved right into the audio and home section. So uh, this was pretty cool because uh, there wasn't any hardware announced, but there were improvements to AirPods. Uh, this um, I thought this adaptive audio with the improved switching was a great uh, improvement. And it was funny because just this morning I wanted this. Because typically when I'm on my walk, I, I, you know, in through the neighborhood or whatever, I like to have, um, I typically use uh, the transparency mode. Um, but there are times when somebody drives by, in fact, it was a garbage truck this morning (laughs) and I would have liked that if, if it switched automatically over to, uh, to be able to, to, uh, you know, block that out. Mm -hmm. But of course it didn't, I had to do it manually and, um, Oh well, uh, it, it would be nice if this these improvements keep coming so that that we can have a more dynamic experience. So that when we're out on a walk, listening to our podcast or whatever, uh, that that these distractions and these uh, 
these little sound spikes that happen around us won't, uh, you know, won't cause problems. Right. I find this very often in the kitchen where I want to be able to hear what I'm listening to. But if somebody walks up to me, I want to be able to hear them as well. But then I go by the sink. I'm cleaning a pot, washing my hands. Well, now I either got to stop what I'm listening to or turn the volume up to hear it while I'm doing that. Right. This is going to be really useful there, too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So hopefully it'll be uh, hopefully it will work as well as advertised in the in the uh, in the video here. Um, I've been very happy with their audio technology so far. So one can hope. Yeah. And that's the thing is that when you're when you switch into, you know, back and forth between, um, let's see, from transparency to uh, what's the other mode? The noise cancellation. Noise cancellation. Yeah. Thank you. I don't know why I can remember. So um, it's super effective. It's great and it works really well, but it would be nice if that would kind of just happen a little bit, you know, more fluidly and automatically. Yeah. Um, I have AirPlay, like AirPlay in hotels and Mm -hmm. SharePlay uh, in your car playing from another phone, I think is what they were demoing. I don't know if you had either, either of those interested you or, um, um, again, minor things, uh, the hotel one, probably more so, um, mm-hmm. there's been times even recently where going into a hotel and your only way to watch anything on a TV is to hijack the HDMI cable in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, share playing the car. Yeah. Could be interesting as well too. Um, yeah, I, 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 if I'm listening to music in the car, I'm usually the only one in the car. So I don't know yeah. if I will use this one myself. It's funny because this is a feature, the share play in the car was, is a feature that I inadvertently requested two days ago. We were, we were in the car and, um, our vehicle has, uh, has car play and my phone was hooked up to it and I wanted to use my navigation. Sometimes I like to use Waze or whatever. And, and my wife doesn't use that on her phone. Uh, so, uh, and I had, I had my music playing, but we wanted to play something from her phone. Mm-hmm. And I thought that would be a really great kind of feature to be able to play music from her phone on my, to my device. And I, I'm, I'm not quite sure if that's what they're talking about here, but, uh, if that's the case, then I think that would be really cool be able to to do that i know some people balked at that like oh it's it's my device my music and i mm-hmm. get that but there were are times when i would like to be able to have my uh my phone driving the car play but then be able to play music from another device and so uh, that's a pretty common scenario for us well so if this I'm interested to see how that works if this works similarly to other share play features then presumably uh, somebody initiates the session and if they're going to play any audio, it may just be audio that you is, that is available through Apple Music. I wonder if that's how it would work, yeah. not just any any old audio. So mm, it would have to be, be probably through the music app. Again, something to look further into. Yeah. This is still yeah. the day of the keynote. We, we still have a lot to dig into. That's right. That's true. Okay, so the uh, the next thing that uh, we talked about or that they, they presented was the uh, TVOS, Apple TV stuff. That yeah. was, uh, I think, FaceTime was kind of the big thing. To me, that was the big thing as well. And um, I, I 
don't know if I never would have thought FaceTime coming to the TV, but hey, continuity camera makes so many things possible, I guess. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it, it, that was the one downside, I guess. It was the fact that you had to use your iPhone camera, but I guess, I mean, I, I could think of worse things. Um, and then um, with the, I guess they, they did mention that this would be possible to use on things like, like Zoom for Apple TV, which I thought mm-hmm. was pretty cool. Yeah. And I know I'm on Zooms regularly, so that's something yeah. I'm eager to try out. Yeah, exactly. That I was thinking the same thing, like, oh, that'd be kind of interesting to try. And then uh, SharePlay improvements, um, or maybe it's SharePlay. I guess you can, I'm not, not sure what my notes uh, actually mean there, but then about the continuity camera for the Apple TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and then um, there was the thing that, that we were talking about before or uh, while we were not recording uh, about uh, finding your remote. Yeah, so it's, it sounds like Find My Support is coming for the remote. I'm guessing with, with the current remotes that are available, so it must have mm-hmm. the functionality in there, but that's going to be useful for so many people. We have a bright-colored case on our remote so we can find it, but I know there's a lot of people that probably don't. Maybe they lose it in couch cushions that's going to be fun yeah yeah that's the the classic problem i think it's funny that it's taken this long for them to solve that problem but at least they're doing it so exactly. so that's cool yes. yeah i think that was it for uh tvos right no i agree more... i agree yeah uh, before we move on there was one thing that yeah. we missed actually under oh, mac yeah. os which was safari and okay they talked about a couple of things there um they talked about profiles so that you could have a work profile and a personal profile. And I know there's been some browsers that have come out lately that offer something like that. But the thing that they announced, thing I've been waiting for years, is the shared passwords. Um, oh, nice. To be able to share passwords in the family is going to be such a useful thing. And I look forward to that when it comes out this fall. Right, right. We, I've been able, I typically use one password, so I've been able to do that kind of thing. But having that natively, is going to be really helpful. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I've avoided third-party password managers so far, and I feel like with this, there's literally nothing I would get from a third-party password manager at this point. Right, right. Yeah, I think I think you're right. Um, I've, every once in a while, I keep coming back to the, the thought of maybe I should ditch my, you know, the, the third-party password manager in, and, and just go ahead and start using Keychain. So I don't know, maybe this is the right time for that. So I'll consider that. It's a good idea. Um, because one of the things that I've noticed is that the that one password can kind of confound other people if they're not familiar with how it works. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas, I mean, even though it, I, I feel like the flexibility is higher with one password, but if, if it's buried... Um, or if it's just hard, a little more complex for people who are not power users, then that's where it, it kind of falls flat. Yeah, um, I can see that. So yeah, cool. All right, uh, watchOS was the next uh, next thing up, and so I guess the big deal there was widgets, correct? Sounds like widgets are everywhere this year, and uh, yeah. I guess there's uh, some reimagining of some watch faces and bringing widgets and their interactivity to the home screens or to the watch faces rather. Um, and that sounds like a big thing. I, I, I can think of many times I start a timer 
from a complication on my watch face, but then my watch face resets back to the face, and so I can only see it, but then I want to go back and manage the timer. Having that just visible there by turning the digital crown, that's going to be a huge improvement, I think, to the watch. I'm glad that they're, they've put some thought into how the interaction uh, comes to be. Uh, yes, I did like that, where you could select with the crown, and it would kind of, in a quote-unquote smart way, uh, show you what it thinks are the the the, um, the most relevant things that are coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that yeah, that was that's pretty cool. Um, then we had yeah the new watch faces, the Snoopy one. I thought that was kind of cute, and it was interesting how it adapted mm-hmm. to its uh, environment, which was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, Mickey I can't did... do that. <laughs> yeah, what's up? <laughs> what's up with that? Uh, come on, Mickey. Um, and then that we went on to the workouts, uh, and there was uh, APIs, and that was the like analyzing swing for golf and tennis, uh, that kind of thing, and improvements to hiking and cycling, and also the health uh, health app to mental health and vision. Mm-hmm. Uh, any of those things kind of excite you in that in that list? Uh, not to excite me so much, but I thought it was interesting uh, related to, um, I believe it was vision health. One, the new metric for determining how long you've been in daylight would be very interesting oh. Oh, yeah. to, to see. And then the other one for if you're holding a device with a true depth camera too close. Mm. Um, I I know for kids especially, they want to just go zone in on their iPads. Well, this would hopefully help people like that to yeah. not get so close, hopefully with help with their eyesight. Sure. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Interesting, uh, interesting take on that. Um, for, for me, I, I, it's not like I go hiking all that much, like out into the wilderness and stuff, but I did think that that was pretty cool how it had the waypoints where mm-hmm. it would indicate this is the last point where you had cellular reception i believe mm-hmm. and then there was also uh an sos functionality that you could do and it would use other carriers it sounded like it could use other carriers if it needed to so mm-hmm. that in an emergency and it looks like you so, have that in 3d uh, so hopefully elevation. yeah yes yeah. yes so you would know field. you would know if oh god i gotta go uphill to get help which is probably good to know before you start going on a path when you're already right. maybe injured or someone else is injured. Um, yeah. But I think that's an interesting um, iteration on top of the waypoint feature that they added last year. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited to see that, see that in practice. Yeah. And the, the way that it, the, the face tilted, you know, I th- it was, that was impressive. Mm-hmm. It shows the, the capabilities of the, the watch too. Indeed. Um, yeah. Of course, I don't know if all watches support that, of all of the, the watch OS devices, or if that's just like an ultra and series eight thing. Um, so I, I don't, I don't have an answer to that, but I guess we'll, we'll see. Yeah. They didn't mention anything obviously in the keynote, but uh, yeah, we'll find out probably as the summer goes on, if that's on all of them, I would like yeah. to think it is, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. And so then it felt like things were kind of winding down and they were going to wrap up and then, Lo and behold, we had the one more thing. Which so. we were not too surprised with with how rushed everything else felt. Right. <laughs> um, like, yeah. I already felt like tvOS is not even going to get mentioned because of everything rumored to come. And I was surprised when they put in, like, 
10 minutes into the audio and health. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Wow. Just interesting that, that it even got some time there. Yep. And then, like you said, one more thing. With the, with the one more thing, uh, this, of course, was the new AR platform Vision Pro. And uh, this, I, of course, the, there's so many rumors around this, and it was really hard to know what exactly was real and what wasn't, right, from, right. from all the reports. Now, before we get into this, how do you yeah. feel about Vision Pro as a name? Hmm. I I actually kind of like it, I think. Um, I think there were some ideas about Reality Pro, and that that may have felt a little better, but uh, Vision Pro, I, I don't know. I, I don't feel... I'm not averse to it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Reality Pro kind of fits the what you're accomplishing with it. Um, but it, it, cause it is more than just vision, right? There's, mm-hmm. there's a lot of other kind of sensory things that are, that are involved in it, but as a branding name, I think it's pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, I almost was worried about reality pro because I, I, when I would, when I would personally hear that name, I would think virtual reality. And I think oh, yeah. that was the wrong, um, thing that they wanted to put in people's heads uh greg joswiak had mentioned in an interview months ago when when reacting to you know um the metaverse is and his response was a word that i will never use and the whole thing about the metaverse and other companies doing virtual reality apple didn't want i think to be associated with that and i think vision pro kind of separates them from that because it, mm-hmm. it it does mention something that is related to the eye, obviously, but the focus has always been on augmented reality, right? It's not just putting yourself into this glass, goggle, whatever, and not seeing the outside world. As as they reveal this product, it very much is, you, your outside world is like key to this entire experience, which I think was pretty nice. And I so I think Vision Pro definitely uh, definitely fits it well. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And then the this whole concept that they're calling spatial computing, I I'm assuming they invented this phrase um, because I hadn't heard it before. They have spatial audio, and then that so now it's expanding to spatial compu- computing um, with the whole you know I- immersed with your surroundings, and uh, it actually kind of it blew me away uh, at how, how amazing this particular product is and we'll talk about the price later but um yeah i was really really impressed with this um i honestly i didn't think that it was something that i would going to be super interested in outside of maybe if it did you know vr gaming um because that is something that i've been wanting to do and i've kind of kept that at arm's length and uh, have avoided uh so far but then once they really started showing us what this meant with, you know, the like the virtual screens in front of you and you could have multiple ones. And it was just it was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. The, the the links that they took it. I agree. I think the 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 um, interface was a lot more than I was expecting from it. But you're right. How would gaming work when the entire thing is controlled with your hands and your eyes and your voice? Um, so many of these other things, you've got these controllers that you're interacting with, and you've got 
games like Beat Saber where you're able to use that then to, to do different interactions in a game, how would you replicate that in something like this? I don't know if you could. Yeah. I think the closest they got to gaming was playing Apple Arcade games and you can hook up a controller via Bluetooth. And I think that's the only yeah. game demo that they had. It's probably not the game demo people are thinking when they're thinking of putting on an expensive set of some sort of reality goggles and playing a game. But maybe that's something that will change over time too. Maybe we will see more immersive games or other input methods. Um, Of course, they did say that you could pair a keyboard and trackpad or a mouse. So maybe that would be your input method. Not that you necessarily would want to for all kinds of immersive VR games or or some sort of augmented reality games even. But uh, I don't know. This is the first iteration. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. It, and it, But it introduces some really interesting concepts of um, being able to have this this virtual environment, but it also shows you the the real environment around you uh, with, you know, with the virtual screens and virtual apps that are that you're working with. Um I think that was the thing that surprised me the most that they were really just integrating what is around you. And yet it's not like you're, you're looking through anything, you know, it's solid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're looking at camera or not cameras, but um, you're looking at uh, screens that are inside the goggles, but it feels like you're looking through it. And, Mm -hmm. and that experience just seemed pretty mind blowing. Uh, And then especially, then from the outside looking in where people could see your eyes uh, from, from the outside, that was both weird and amazing all at the same time. I agree. And I, I think the weird part is that when it's, you're seeing the eyes and I felt the amazing part, at least for me was when you can use what you see to determine how busy the other person is, what they're doing. Um, oh yeah. I, I always had this fear of if I ever tried on VR goggles is somebody going to know that like what i'm like am i like in the middle of something and if i take it off i'm gonna be surprised they're there it sounds like with something like this there's no way you could sneak up on the other person um so like they will know when i see them but Mm -hmm. uh, i can i can see them coming and actually they, they had a preview of when you are in that immersive mode with the full environment around you if someone gets close it does cut away and does show them so they can peek through so i thought that was a nice touch too yeah yeah, it's it looked like a really really fascinating uh, interface. Uh, I don't know if I'll ever get a chance to actually use this thing, but uh, it, it would be it's an interesting platform. Um, and I don't know how uh, how deep we want to get into this, uh, but you know they had some nice demos. Um, then uh, you know Disney took over too, and they they did the. I thought their their presentation was pretty good, um, showing off the. The, the, I guess the lengths that they're going to, to support this. Some of it felt like vaporware, you know, kind of like, yeah, we we're fully support this. And then I guess that we'll have to see what actually happens when, when it gets released. Right. But, uh, it, it, when you have someone like Disney behind it, uh, that adds some weight to it. Most definitely. And Disney's definitely going to try to make the most fun experience that it can because, of course, they're going to try to monetize this. You know they will. Oh, Um, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, So there were some interesting things. The um, is the the system is eyesight referring to the uh, 
is that that vir- the virtual thing where people can see from out- outside, or is that the camera system inside, or the the screen system inside? From my understanding, that was when they can see your eyes. Yeah, um, because I think under That's that segment well. is when they talked about how others can pierce through that when you're in immers- in an immersive environment, okay. and be able to see when someone's approaching you. Um, right, right. So that's funny. So I have the eyesight. It's it's a callback to the you know the eyesight camera, right? And then, yep. but this time it's EYE sight. Well, um, and there then some people can, saying that eyesight would have been a good name for the the headset itself. That's true. That's true. And uh, you can also use a keyboard and trackpad with it, which I thought was pretty cool. With if you were uh, using it in the mode where you're using a, like a virtual screen in front of you. Uh, and you're interacting with uh, with apps and that kind of thing. That uh, that seemed fairly uh, interesting. And I think I'm not sure who it was, but someone said like right before that. I don't know if it was in one of the slacks or something like that that I was following. Like, well, how do are there any alternate um, input methodologies? And then mm-hmm. then they just said, oh yeah, you could use magic tra- uh, magic trackpad and and keyboard with it too. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So it seems like this is going to be a pretty versatile thing that at the very least can mirror your Mac display. Um, right. You can pair it with these peripherals for running things on device, which it's got an M2 chip in it. So we know that's going to be a pretty capable uh, chip. And yeah. I, I thought it was interesting how you've got the two chips going on with this. You've got the M2 Mm-hmm. acting as you know basically your computer in there but then you've got this new r1 chip that handles all the real-time sensors to try to eliminate lag so that you yeah. don't get you know sick and and don't get torn out of the the illusion that's right. the part that's got me curious to want to try it because i've done different ar demos on my phone and there's always some jitteriness and some things about it that just don't seem to work right but mm-hmm. does this r1 chip solve those issues that i'm really curious to try yeah, it sounded like they were talking like they'd really nailed that, that uh, really fixed those things. And I don't know, and Apple's the type that they wouldn't necessarily, I wouldn't expect them to release something like this if they hadn't fixed those kinds of things. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, there's always bugs. So uh, yeah, I, I, I guess there's the ideal and then the reality. So uh, hopefully they've they've at least dotted most of the I's and, and crossed the T's on some of these things. But then they have that list of all the things like all the, the 12 cameras or whatever it was and the sensors and the, uh, all of these things that, that, that it's coordinating, um, having this dual chip design really, it seemed to make sense mm-hmm. that it could split up the heavy lifting. Right. Uh, and I thought with those yeah. cameras, it was interesting. It sound, and they didn't, I don't think went too deep into it, but the idea of taking these spatial, captures as well almost like a 3d camera um to where you can then relive these memories in 3d that is another thing that obviously you can't see very well on a 2d screen like the presentation was today but that seems like another possible i don't want to say game changer but uh, Mm -hmm. another way of of finding some value in this headset to where you can preserve these memories preserve preserve these special events in something that a regular image couldn't do Will it take off? Will it be worth it? We'll find out. But it's another thing that's got me intrigued. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing is is fascinating. I, um, and of course, then the only thing that I found that made me 
not I shouldn't say hesitate a little bit, but I, I looked at it and I was kinda like, oh, that besides seems the price? Weird. Uh, besides <laughs> the price, because we're not talking about that yet. Was the uh with with FaceTime the digital persona that it creates mm-hmm. of you. To me that felt a little weird. Um but mm-hmm. I guess I that's probably one of these things that you have to see in real life or you know have to experience to to see if that's actually weird or not. And there's been times in the past where Apple's announced features and then rolled them back. I remember a few years ago there was that feature that they announced where your eye would always they would edit oh, yeah. it so on a FaceTime call it looks like you're looking at the camera and right, then it disappeared right. from the release and I think it finally came back in a later update but it was gone for a little bit and maybe mm-hmm. the persona thing could be one of those things that okay it 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 doesn't look you know it's hit, it's hit that uncanny valley something doesn't feel right here and maybe they'll tweak it before release maybe they'll worsen it before release and then wait until it can be perfect before they then update it in an iteration you know iterative release later but yeah when they gave that demo of of whoever that was talking but just like constantly smiling while he was talking and like the teeth mm-hmm. in the mouth just wasn't right yeah it, it felt very weird watching that demo yeah yeah it definitely felt a little felt a little strange. So, mm-hmm. um, so I guess we'll have to see how that, what the reality is, no pun intended about this, uh, how their execution, you know, pans out. Uh, I was kind of thinking, well, maybe just a, a floating picture of me would be fine, you know, but it doesn't have to be this weird three, 3d rendered version of me, but yeah. Um, I don't know if they, if they can do it good enough. I mean, these days with the, the deep fakes and things, maybe they can't, uh, well, I, guess we'll see. I would be perfectly okay if it was just my Memoji. I mean, I've been using it for hey, years. Yeah. It's good enough yeah. for me. That should definitely be an option. It yes. should totally be an option instead of the, the persona. Can I use my Memoji, please? Yeah, uh, and then we found out that it was all being driven by a Vision OS. So we have a name. It's not XR OS, even though uh, I noticed that the simulator said XR OS. Yep. So uh, when, when when we start when next time when we do the uh, State of the Union, we can talk about the, those kinds of things. But yes, and uh, uh, I thought that was interesting. And, and the SDK again mentioned later is not going to be available right away. That's coming later. So maybe by oh, that yeah. time, the simulator and Xcode will properly say Vision OS. Yes, it'll say Vision OS. Um, so they we also showed some. Uh, interesting demos, I guess. The only one, I, I guess I have two of these written down. Um, one, because I, I I do DJing. So for me, the one with the virtual DJ uh, system was pretty cool. It was another one of those things that also felt a little weird, but it, I, it would be fun to play with. That would be really interesting to, to work with. I thought I was also extending that to it would be really interesting to have um, virtual musical instruments and mm-hmm. virtual um, music studio kind of thing. So I, I'm sure we'll see those uh, eventually. Um, so like a, you know, a modular synthesizer kind of thing, you know, a wall where you're plugging and unplugging the little things and, and twisting knobs or whatever. That could be something kind of, that'd be kind of fun to play with, but it'd be interesting to see how uh, the, the, this version of DJ from uh, algorithm, uh, how that how that actually functions, mm-hmm. um, and then also the planetarium. I thought that was a pretty cool concept too. Yeah, being able 
to really kind of just immerse yourself in in uh, uh, in the planetarium interface. Uh, I forget which. I, I don't know if it's Sky Guide. I, I forget which app I use. Um, but every once in a while, there's you know we want to pull our phone out and say, "Hey, what's that thing? That bright thing up in the sky?" And it's fun to you know take your your phone and do that. But to be able to actually immerse yourself in that, that would that would be pretty sweet. Yeah, I don't and remember. I, I didn't mark write down any of the other demos though. Yeah, I I didn't mark down too many of the demos either. But I agree that a lot of those, like what you mentioned with the astronomy this has a lot of potential for education where you can really immerse yourself in something, you know, while, while seeing, let's say your existing material on your desk, but to be able to pull out and say like, okay, I want to study, uh, you know, molecular science. I want to study anatomy and you can just do that in 3d, you know, to be able to, to do that right there and almost manipulate it with your hands with the way the interface works. Um, that I can see a lot of potential there, uh, for that. Oh yeah. Um, uh, from a developer standpoint, I was very happy to hear uh, their mention in passing of all the frameworks that are going to be available in Vision OS because it sounds like to be able to port a lot of existing iOS and iPadOS apps to this device is not going to be that difficult. Uh, and they specifically called out during the keynote SwiftUI and Reality Composer, um, yeah. which I don't have much experience with Reality Composer, but I really want to kind of take a look at it now just to see what I can do with it. But um, just to take all that knowledge I've learned with, with SwiftUI over the past few years to be able to apply that right away into a 3D environment uh, with this new headset, uh, it, it's going to allow a lot of experiences to get built very quickly. Uh, so by the time this does finally launch, um, th there should hopefully be a, a good uh, good sized app catalog for it. Yeah, yeah, I, I think I think that's I think that's uh, I agree with that. That I think that's a, a good way of putting it and. Um, being able to use, and we're kind of stepping into, um, the state of the union here, but, but the frameworks that already are existing, it's like, uh, reality kit, uh, AR kit, Swift UI, and then tools like this reality composer pro, uh, for game developers being able to use unity. So those are all things that already exist so it's not it's not like you have to necessarily learn something completely different if you're already knowledgeable of those things right so i don't know any of those so it's it would all be new but at least it's not a complete mystery you know in fact if you wanted to get ahead of uh, the game sort of you could probably learn ar kit reality kit those kinds of things ahead of time and then you would have at least some kind of knowledge getting into this like how how at least the, the fundamentals of what's involved for developing for ar mm. but that's the nice thing about vision os and what they showed us is while you could learn ar kit and reality kit to be able to build for this you can still create experiences on this device with the, just swift ui yeah right yeah. so you can take the the 2d knowledge that you have but still create something that you could present to your users. Sure, you're not may not be presenting it on their desk in 3D for them to manipulate, but if you have a productivity app that doesn't have or require that kind of experience, you can deliver it right away. So I'm I'm excited to play at least with the simulator, see yeah. what I can what I can push with this. Oh yeah, that's that is that's a that's good because uh, also they mentioned Microsoft apps like Excel and those kinds of things. You mean those presumably wouldn't necessarily have AR 
or reality kit kind of things in it, um, but just being able to present it in a way that makes sense in in that environment. So yeah, I think that that makes sense. That's great. Um, it's nice that SwiftUI is one of those things because we're we're using that every day, right? And so um, being able to even use that just as a basis to to build apps for for this yeah. platform. Yeah, you're right. It's uh, that's pretty awesome. And uh, you mentioned the app store and they actually, it's going to be this virtual app store that, that floats in front of you. Uh, so it's, it's kind of like having a device, but it, it's a virtual panel that, uh, another app that you can interact with, with, uh, when you're using the goggles. So, uh, I thought that was, you know, it made sense. I, mm-hmm. I didn't think that you would necessarily do it on your computer or your iPad or iPhone or any of that. Uh, so being able to do it right within, um, within the the Vision Pro uh, headset, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, again, if it's got an M2, it's got a whole computer on board this yeah. thing. So it makes sense yeah. that it's got its own app store. Even the watch has its own app store at this point. So there's no reason this thing can't computationally handle that. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For sure. And uh, and then they they talked about the security and privacy with the uh, Optic ID, which is sort of it's you know take on the this progression of touch id and face id and now we have optic id where it uh, it was the iris right that it measures mm-hmm. and even for uh, identical identical twins it, it can be different so i thought that was surprising pretty cool yeah and uh, and then they i don't know if there was anything in between that and that but then they dropped the bomb about the the price and yeah. so the price and and then and then they use the phrase starts at, so starts at $34.99. So yes. we don't even know what $34.99 will get you. Right. But you can know for probably for an extra $500, you can double the storage space. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and when that, when that news came out that my heart sank a little bit at mm. that point, because I, I was really hoping that as many people were saying like, Oh, the, the rumors are saying $3,000. So maybe when they announce it, it'll come under that at some reasonable point. So that, you know, the sticker shock of the 3000 won't seem as bad, you know, or that'll seem really good that, Oh, it's, it's not that much. Mm-hmm. But, um, the fact that it was $500 over that, uh, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's one of those things I, it, I guess, as a business expense, one if if you could probably rationalize it, um, I did hear. Well, I'm, I'm not going to get into that, but um, I, I there may be some opportunity to see and touch one of these things in my future. I don't know. I, I probably not. Um, but I don't know. We'll we'll see. And one thing that they did mention was that there there are going to be development kits. So this might be one of those uh, times where uh where it might be worthwhile to uh throw your hat in the ring for that to see if you can get a uh, development kit later this year i don't know but if it's that same kind of situation where they charge you and then you have to send it back later and you're out x hundred or thousand dollars or whatever then i don't know if that's that would that would be worth it no i I, i'm a feeling the same boat and um just given what i know what i can work on before the device ships, the simulator is going to be enough for me. I don't think I have any interest in a dev kit. Um, yeah, not not 
not for what, like you said, they'll probably charge for it, and then you have to re either return it or get not enough credit back towards an actual device. Um, yeah. I know that the price was shocking to me as well. I had kind of hoped that what would happen here would have been what happened to the iPad, where people were saying when it first launched, it was going to be nine ninety nine when the iPad first comes out, and then the first generation iPad starts at four ninety nine, and like the highest configuration never even got up to nine hundred dollars. And so I was hoping, oh, maybe that's what's going to happen here. But um, at the same time, I'm not surprised with modern day Apple at this point, considering they're comfortable selling, you know, Pro Max phones for eleven hundred dollars, and nobody bats an eye. Yeah. Um, I think the the clue here goes back to how we started this which is it's the real or i almost said reality it's the vision pro mm -hmm. so does that imply a non-pro version of this more for consumers with a more consumer-friendly uh -huh. price down the road this yeah, is maybe. the macbook pro of the spatial computing line right so hopefully that means there's something half price coming at some point in the future that we might feel more comfortable picking up as a test device as a personal device uh, Apple's PR, if you go on their newsroom right now, they talk about this as their first spatial computing device. So yeah. others are definitely coming. They're kind of implying it with with this press release. So yeah. hopefully this is the priciest one that they release for right now. Yeah, I don't see how it couldn't be. Uh, but... <laughs> uh i it, but I, it, well it starts at right so it is going to go up so i guess That's it's true it, i guess it will so um but yeah maybe there's a vision se or something like that in our future i guess we'll 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 see how, how it goes uh but once they started talking about all of the the screens technology sensors cameras the uh the audio system all of these things that went into it the, the dual processors then once then my reaction was oh yeah this thing is definitely going to be three thousand dollars because the whole, all the stuff that's in it so for me it's there's no question that it's worth that amount or that i'm not surprised that it's at that amount uh it's just i don't have that kind of money lying around so i it, unfortunately it is definitely priced out of my my budget well and that's not even taking into account what if you need to get special lenses, which apparently attach magnetically because oh, you wear yeah. glasses? Are those right. going to cost extra? Probably, yeah. So there's a know. lot of additional costs here. That uh, yeah, and and the whole thing where you they have the fitting at the store is that mm -hmm. something that you need to do? I don't know. I, uh, probably not. You could probably order it um, and just get the default, but it might make sense to do a fitting. So you well, can make sure you get all of the right accessories. I, I think part of that, too, is you can't demonstrate this experience on your existing devices. So they want people to be sure that they are happy with the experience before they pull the trigger instead of buying it and returning it, probably. So yeah. I can see the value of you need to go in, put it on, try it out, and right. then you can give them your credit card. Yeah. Take my money. Oh, boy. Uh, if only I had it. Oh, well. But uh, it was it was good chatting about this with you, uh, Josh. I don't I think we don't have time to get into the State of the Union uh, today, but maybe we can do a follow up chat about that. And uh, we won't wait too long. Um, 
And we have a the interesting week uh, coming up for us. I guess uh, I downloaded the the Xcode 15, but I have not actually launched it yet or tried it yet. Mm, same. Uh, so I don't know. Same, same. same. So uh, we have an, an exciting week coming up, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what, what Xcode 15 has to offer us. Yeah, and I know if there's a lot of interesting uh, APIs uh, that I want to play with uh, for iOS 17. Um, oh, yeah. Some things I, I'm, I've, I've been waiting for, but, uh, you know, we'll see this week. There's a lot of, of things I want to watch out of the videos, see if there's any labs I want to get into first. And, of course, all the activities happening on Slack. I'm, I'm glad Apple's been doing that the past few years. Yeah, yeah. Are you going to try to do a lab? It depends uh, what I'm able to do over the next couple of days to to go through the new stuff to see. Um, right yeah. now, I don't have anything, any questions yet that would be lab worthy. Right. Yeah. Neither do I. But uh, and the, what, for us to have a discussion about that, we we'd have to talk about this the state of the union. So we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll probably need to to table that for now. But uh, again, it was nice having you, Josh. Thank you so much for uh, for joining us on iOS Dev Break. And uh, we'll we'll do it again. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. Thank you, listeners, for uh, for this for listening to this extended version, slightly over fifteen minutes. Uh, the this extended WWDC special edition of iOS Dev Break, and uh, with Josh Rock and myself, Evan Stone. So thank you so much for listening again. And uh, until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side on iOS Dev Break. Thank you for listening to iOS Dev Break with your host, Evan K. Stone. If you would like to learn more information about the podcast or read the show notes, or if you would like to hear more episodes, go to iosdevbreak.com. You can also find various other ways of supporting the show there, so we encourage you to check it out. You can also follow and tweet feedback and questions to the show on Twitter at iosdevbreak, and please spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. If you would also like to support the show in a monetary way, please go to patreon.com forward slash iOS dev break. And there you can find out how to help us out just for a dollar a month. If you are interested in sponsoring a future episode, please send an email to sponsor at iOS Thank you again for listening to iOS dev break. And until next week, we will catch you on the flip side iOS Dev Break is a production of Interactive Logic. Oh,